the last thing that theater students ever want is to be put in a box. Yet somehow, that's exactly what the COVID-19 pandemic managed to do. Like students all over the world, we have been navigating our college education through the quadrilateral confines of a Zoom screen. One year later, we want to talk about that. What is going on in our lives before, during, and after we log in and out of Zoom? From the Department of Theater and Dance at Cal State Fullerton, join us for candid, uncensored, and much-needed conversations about life beyond the square. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this installment of Beyond the Square. My name is Audrey Gibbs, and I'm a transfer student here at CSUF, and I'm an acting BFA hopeful. And today I am joined by my wonderful, lovely, and talented fellow Square Squad member, Brianna Medina. Hi, everyone. I am a freshman here at CSUF. I'm also a BFA hopeful. And welcome to Essential Non-Essential, where we're going to be talking a little bit about just the industry and how it has been impacted by COVID and just our experiences with it thus far. Um, I'm I'm fairly new to the industry. I, I haven't really auditioned at all whatsoever. So I don't think I'm in the industry, but I know Audrey, you are. You've you've dipped your toes in a little bit. You're I've you're dipped my toe in. I haven't I've tried to jump in and the pool has spit me back out a couple times, but it's okay. I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> uh, I have been on my fair share of auditions over the past three years, and there was a big, big dramatic shift uh, when the pandemic hit. Everything got turned to self-tape and Zoom callbacks, so that added the additional stress of technical maintenance or Wi-Fi glitches when you're already super, super nervous about an audition. Um, then general meetings became a very common occurrence where casting directors would send out scenes or sides from an old TV show or a monologue for you to do, and then it would just kind of be an assessment of skills. But since no new projects were coming out because we couldn't congregate on sets, there really wasn't a need for new faces. So a lot of those just kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. But uh, we have started auditioning in person again, but the protocol is a little different. We have to get rapid tested on site. We still have to wear masks and maintain social distancing. So it's definitely acting in a new normal. Yeah, so much has changed. I haven't auditioned at all, I don't think whatsoever. But I, I know from listening to you and listening to a few people who we're going to be talking to later in this podcast that so much has changed and things have become a little bit more difficult. So I know that we're not alone in this, in this struggle. Speaking of that, we actually got a few alums to answer a few of our questions who actually work in the industry, whether it be theater or television, and they were able to talk to us a little bit. So here are a few of their answers. Well, uh, my name is Aiden Rudd. I am based in Van Nuys, California, and I work basically full time as a voice actor in video games, commercials, animation, etc. And they used to do these like open audition things for like, uh, like, oh, well, this is we're looking for new talent. We might put you in a small thing in an anime. And I was one of the first people they ever called back from one of those. So uh, I got to work on that series, and that was kind of how I got my start. My name is Kyle Anderson. I am based in Los Angeles, and I am an actor. How was your industry impacted by the pandemic? It's been difficult not being able to connect with people. 
whether they're strangers or friends that, that you're able to, it's that human connection that in the room, in the space. So it's, it's been, it's been a challenge. Hi, my name is Julie Cardia. I am based in Los Angeles and I am an actor. What do you miss the most about being a touring performer? Everything. I am the type of person, even when I was younger in that tour of A Christmas Carol, I was the girl that like put my suitcases in the hotel room and I'm like, let's explore. Like, and I am still like that. Like, I remember all of like, I think maybe two other people liked to explore the cities. So we would go to all the museums. We would really take it in. Like if we heard about, we had this, this thing, we, we kind of called ourselves like the, the Saturday, um, Saturday family where um, between matinees during Les Mis, we would go to whatever was like the in restaurant in the city that we were in. So, you know, we would do our homework at the beginning of the week. And then on Saturday in between shows, it was like such a great treat. And also like the weekends, you know, as an actor, like you don't have weekends, like you're entertaining other people on the weekends. So, um, you know, it's like a five show weekend. So to have that little kind of thing to look forward to in between shows on Saturday. And then Sunday's easy. Cause like, okay, two shows, then we have a day off, you know? But um, uh, I, I have never been the type that just sits in my hotel room. I am, I am, and I see you guys are like, no, no, yes. I have always been the type to like, I get there and I wanna know as much as I can in the short time we are here about this city. So then I feel like, I mean, I have been to every state. I've been to every state, including Hawaii and Alaska. I have performed in every state. Hi, my name is Antoine Barnes and I'm an actor. What is the biggest challenge of being a work from home artist? There's some days where I'm just don't, I don't feel like writing today. I don't feel like going, you know, I don't feel like doing this or studying Japanese, Ugh, these words, you know, it's. It, and I just, you know, I just check out that day and I just give myself permission to do that. Like there's there's times you give yourself permission to do that. Hi, I'm Bailey Castle. I am actually currently in Yorba Linda, California, where I'm from, but stationed in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm an actor. Since you've been stuck at home, have you found any new ways to express your creativity? By redefining what creativity means. And it used to be creativity means you're in class, you are working on a play, you are painting a painting, <laughs> painting a painting, not reading a book, that's for sure. It was like, it's not watching your favorite film. It's not taking a walk around the neighborhood. It's not admiring the birds that are in your backyard. And I'm like, wait, why isn't it those things? I am Heidi Palomino Anderson. Um, depending on where I am, I go by Heidi Palomino. That's my stage name. I'm an actress um, and I'm an assistant uh, for a television show. And I'm based in LA. I am super hopeful for the future. Um, it's been really incredible how people have been able to adapt uh, with this. I think, especially in the creative industry, we realized, oh, we can't sit here for a year and do nothing. Um, so I think a lot 
uh, came from that in a brand new place of creativity that none of us has, have ever been in before. Um, so any tools that were used to uh, break through during this time, I think will be very valuable um, as individuals and as communities. And I think there'll be a whole new appreciation uh, when we're all in the same room together. For our next segment, we are completely honored and a little bit starstruck to be in the virtual presence of our two next guests. They are CSUF former students. They are television and theater veterans and just all around amazing artists and people. Please welcome Mara Davi and Aaron Gaines. Thank you so much to both of you for being here. Hello, it's a pleasure to Hi. be with you. Good to be here. I know I... When I started performing, I started performing when I was like in fourth grade. I didn't realize that I wanted to be a performer until or pursue this as anything serious until I was in high school. So when did you guys know that you wanted to be performers? Oh, gosh, I've known that I wanted to be a performer since I was it feels like since I was born, um, you know, I was dancing and singing around the living room at the age of three, um, did my first play at the age of eight, my first musical at 10. And by then, by 10, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing theater, um, like school plays in elementary school and high school. And then when I was in high school, I saw, I went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for the first time. And that was a, a big eye-opening moment. But, and I thought, I wanna do what those people are doing. And once you guys knew that this was what you were ready to do for the rest of your lives, how did you take that first step and start working professionally? So I was, I was kind of fortunate to have that launch pad, which actually Aaron, um, like I, I wouldn't be where I am today with, without Aaron, because I was so focused on school and he was looking at, um, backstage. I don't think it was backstage.com. I think we were still getting the actual newspaper version of backstage and looking at the auditions. And he knew how much I loved 42nd street. And he said, they're auditioning for the tour right now. You should go. Um, because I, I hadn't even seen it. So he actually gave me that nudge, which gave me the job that launched my career. After after 42nd Street, I, I was planning on going back to Fullerton, but still auditioning for a few things here and there. And I was back in town and someone that I had met doing a show with um, the Fullerton Civic Light Opera he, he said, hey, you should come and meet my agent. So through that connection, I got my first agent. And then that agency, their New York branch, got me an audition for A Chorus Line on Broadway, which I, I was just in New York for a couple weeks auditioning. And then I was literally going to turn around and go back to school at Fullerton. But I auditioned for A Chorus Line and got the role of Maggie in the revival company. And that was the role that brought me to New York and started my career. So um, it was a very fortunate 
chain of events, very irregular for things to happen with such flow and so easily. I know for me and probably for Audrey as well, performing has been such a big part of our lives and we miss it so much since the shutdown and we want it back. So for you guys, what do you miss most about being on stage and performing? I think we all know what we miss about it, but I remember John Short used to always say, the thing is not the thing itself. And I think as soon as a lot of us get back into a theater, whether on stage or in the audience, it's, there's gonna be a, a major catharsis <laughs> and an opening up even, I mean, you know, in the past we've seen things, I think we've taken it for granted. And I don't know if people are gonna take it for granted the same way. I think just being, like Mara said, being in a space with a bunch of other people and experiencing a story, I think is going to really unleash some things from within. Um, I remember there was a time a few years ago, I hadn't seen any theater in a while and I wasn't auditioning or performing because I was dealing with some family stuff. And then we went and saw a couple shows and I was just sobbing <laughs> the whole time through it because it was sort of this unleashing of like, oh, I've missed this all, just people creating in these big ways and using their voices. And especially this last year with, with you know, a lot of the struggles of, um, um, just, uh, you know, I think that's why the, uh, a lot of the protests that happened last summer were, um, at the size they were, because I think people needed that voice and that outlet and uh, use their voices and move and be heard. And, um, it's, you know, you can, you can record as this is a wonderful podcast, but, uh, like at the same time, like we can record podcasts and we can put out videos and do all this stuff, but to be in a public place, and speak truth is, is a much bigger thing. And I think a lot of us are, are missing that um, and missing the experience of that. And I think being back in a theater again, whatever, whatever side of the, the proscenium you're on is gonna be a, a very moving event for that. You guys have both found such great success and have had the opportunity to play so many roles in so many different theaters all over the country. But when you think back on it, is there a specific job or role or accolade that you think about and that just makes you the proudest of yourself? In a theatrical sense, I would say our proudest creation is is our son so far. <laughs> um, that wasn't done in a theater. Though. That was not done in a theater or or on, on camera, I promise. Um, but, you know, in an artistic sense, uh, I, I am proud of the career that I've built, but it feels like a, a sum of its parts. And each, each one has given me dear friends and it, an incredible education into myself. You know, I've learned something, gained so much from every show that I have done. So. Yeah. Well, I've watched you do Dames at Sea forever. Well, that's nice. And I thought you were terrific as the baker's wife in Into the Woods. I thought that was a real, that was a smash. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Well, I'll so say those then. I know when the shutdown happened, I was still in high school. So my senior show was coming up, but sadly it got canceled because of COVID. And I guess I'm wondering, were you guys in the middle of a production when the whole world shut down? I was, I was doing a reading um, and we had our first, we were doing three public 
performances reading a new a new play and because um, it was kind of semi-staged and the first the first performance was a year ago yesterday and so so it was coming like it was in the city so i was commuting down into the city to do it and you know as we're getting ready to do it i can see my spit coming out as i'm talking in the lights i'm like is this this is bad like we're spitting and there's you know there's we can't help it there's saliva in the air and there's going to be people here and we're around each other and you know and it was slowly working its way down because there was a big cluster of covid in uh, westchester um and you your first performance was the night that Broadway shut down. Yeah, yeah, and so, and we weren't considered Broadway because we, we were just doing this in a, at Shetler Studios, which has since shut down completely. Um, and yeah, and we went and got a burger afterwards and the staff were like putting disinfectant on the rubber gloves and we're like, that's really extreme. And my, my other castmates walked by and wanted to know if we wanted to go get a, a beer. And I was like, no, we, we're going home. We got a baby at home. And, uh, and then, you know, through that weekend, like sh everything was shutting down, shutting down, like my, and I think I had an audition lined up for that weekend. <laughs> like, is this happening? What? And then slowly everything, all the emails started coming in, like we're closed, we're closed, it's over. And now that we've found a way to work amidst all the craziness, have you experienced what the current onset protocol is? Sure, on the film side, um, I was fortunate enough to book an episode of The Blacklist last month. And so I got to experience what they're doing with all the new COVID protocols. And I just like, I have to say, I'm, I'm just so thankful that they have the money, you know, that these big TV shows have the money that it takes to make this happen because it requires every single person getting tested every day. And Blacklist has one of the most rigorous testing protocols. I think there are some, some shows that do the, um, the big up the nose swab like twice a week to test everyone cast and crew. On the Blacklist, we did the, the big swab twice a week and you did a rapid test every single day that you were on set. So there were days that I would get two tests at once. One would come back in 20 minutes and then one would come back 24 hours later. Um, it gave me great peace of mind the whole time I was working and was also stressful. It was like, you know, you wanna, you live like a monk. I mean, I guess as much as we would anyway, but you're like, I don't wanna lose this job if I'm sick tomorrow and I don't wanna mess up production or anything. So I, I'm just gonna stay home. Um, but we should anyway. And the last and final question for today is what have you been doing to live beyond the square? I know we've all been stuck in these boxes for the past year. So I'm just curious to know what life is like for you guys outside of this little box. We got out in the garden the last couple of days. We've got chickens um, and and a vegetable garden and we were just shoveling dirt and hay and getting starting to get the garden beds ready for for spring planting and it felt so good to be outside and away from the screens um taking our son to the park yep into the hudson river yeah libraries reopened somewhat 
so we can go to the library for a half hour at a time. Yeah, the libraries are jam. Yeah. So when that's closed, we are stuck. Well, the two of you have been absolutely lovely to talk to. Thank you so much for your time and your vulnerability. This has been such an honor. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. Thank you. You too, yeah, thank you. And I just want to say thank you again to Mara and Aaron, all of the CSUF alums who took the time out of their day to talk to us and share what it's like to navigate this COVID world creatively, professionally, and personally. Thank you to our listeners and tune in next week for another episode of Beyond the Square. Beyond the Square is brought to you by Cal State Fullerton's Department of Theater and Dance. For more episodes, tune in to Titan Radio or catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Beyond the Square.